Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains, and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome to With You Every Step. A common question I get asked all the time is, do I stay in hotels, hostels, or an Airbnb? Now, the truth is, I stay in all three. For me, they all serve a different purpose. Today, I'm going to explain why I stay in these different types of accommodation and the purpose I use them for, because it's always different and they all have pros and cons. So I think it depends on the type of travel you're planning to do to which accommodation suits you best for that type of travel. For me, I always had an ill-conceived notion about hostels. When I was younger, I thought they were dirty, grotty, and I guess it was like, you get what you pay for? I think that's what I thought. It's cheap, so it's going to be cheap and dirty, and it's not the case. I had some friends that talked me into it and said, you know what? You really need to stay in a hostel. Why do you stay in hotels? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit scared of hostels, and I do hear that a lot of people are scared of them. There is nothing to be scared of. What I quickly learned was that everyone in a hostel was like me. They were all mostly solo travelers finding their way. And it was something really special and really beautiful. I like hotels and Airbnbs. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to go into that a little bit further down the track about Airbnbs and some dangers that I'm definitely hearing about lately. But there's so many perks to a hostel. Yes, there are big dorms. Some dorms go up to 16. I've even heard recently that some of them go up to 30 or something in a dorm, which is crazy. That's a lot of people in one room. So if you think about being in a room of 30 people and all sleeping in the same room, imagine the gases. Oh, not only that, people snoring, coming in and out at all different times, which happens in a hostel. I've had to leave hostels at 3 a.m. because I've had a 5 or 6 a.m. flight and I have to get transport to the airport. So I've had to leave early in the morning. That's a downfall for a hostel though, because the problem with that is if you're in a shared room and someone's leaving in the middle of the night while you're getting your nap naps in, they might feel a little bit frisky and go, oh, look at that laptop on charge. I might take it. So I would suggest keeping your belongings as close as possible. And that is a good thing about a lot of hostels do now have PowerPoints right next to the bed. So you can keep your belongings very close to you. I There was one I stayed in in Africa and the power boards were all down the end of the bed. So that was the first time that I actually had my phone away from me. It was at the feet of my bed, but I still ended up tucking it under the blankets. So I kind of had the theory that if anyone was to take it, somehow maybe I would feel the bed sheet move. I don't know. You know, sometimes you got to convince yourself of these things to make yourself sleep. Yeah, it worked. I slept. No one stole my belongings. But I think it's something to be wary of always, especially in a hostel if you're in a shared room. As if you've listened to other episodes of mine, I will often say regularly that I will book a private room in a hostel if there is one. 
Not all hostels have private rooms. I prefer to select a hostel that does have a private room for that reason. I like my privacy. I like having my own bathroom. The shared bathroom thing just kind of freaks me out a little bit. I like to get up, have a shower, not worry about waiting to get in a shower, if it's going to be cold or not, all those things. I think this also comes with age. When I was younger, I didn't care as much as I do now. Hostels are nothing to be scared of. And I have even recently, somebody said to me, oh, my daughter wants to go away. And I've told her she should stay in hotels and not hostels. Why? Why would you do that? How old is she? 18. She going with anyone? No, it's her first solo trip. She needs to stay in hostels. Book a solo room in a hostel if that's the case and you're worried about it. Book a hostel that has solo rooms. They have them. It's common now. Look for that. Do it. The people you will meet, you will make friends straight away. If you go to a hostel and you want to make friends and you can't, please write to me because I think it's very rare that that's the case. There are some hostels where they're known to be more of a hotel style where people are not communal, but if there's a communal area and a bar, you will make friends straight away. Most of the staff in those hostels are backpackers. So you will come across people that are travelers and they're more than accommodating to take you in. If you're in a relationship and you're wanting to travel, hotels is the way to go. You don't want to be blended in with young solo travelers that are looking to party and meet people. You might be. If you want to, do it. If you want to have a romantic getaway, this is where Airbnb comes in. Men, if you're listening and you've got a partner, Airbnb, amazing. Look it up. Find some beautiful accommodation. There are so many unique places now. You are in the money. That's what you need to do to win your partner's heart. Easy done. Book some cool accommodation on Airbnb. Go away for a weekend. That is the way to do it. Some really troubling things that I've heard lately is that a lot of first-time solo travelers, young, wanting to save money, are booking rooms on Airbnb. It's coming up as a shared room. So it seems like it could be similar to a hostel. This is a red flag. Please be very careful when you're doing this. If you are in a group and you want to do this, go for it. Solo, first time traveler, please do not do this. There are so many red flags with this situation. Firstly, safety. You are going into somebody's home. And you are going into a room where they often will put bunks into a room and shove people in there so they can make money. Makes sense. Not the best for someone traveling for the first time by themselves. Most of the time, PowerPoints, like we were talking about, may not exist. You may have to charge your electronics away from you, which is a problem, especially if people are coming in and out. A lot of them have specific rules. Look on the actual site and the house rules section is very important. Don't miss reading that, especially if you're looking at doing a shared room on Airbnb. Some things that you might see on there. 
We do not take responsibility for your belongings going missing. Neither do hostels or hotels. I'm assuming they all have the same thing. Difference is your belongings are secure at those locations. Hostels, hotels have safes, have lockers. So in a shared room in a hostel, you have a locker. I travel with my own lock, but sometimes you can buy them or you can rent them or some hostels have them on the lockers themselves. I always take my own lock with me. It's just a simple tip that you can do. Just have one in your bag, chuck it on your locker. You've got the key for it. Nobody else has. Go to the next place, use the same one. Simple. These places on Airbnb, most of them don't have lockers. So your belongings are out in the open. You don't know who you're sharing this room with as the same as a hostel, but the difference is there's no safety. If something happens to you at night in a room, in a hostel, I'm pretty sure you can scream. There's so many rooms, someone will flag it. I personally like to stay at hostels that have 24 hour service. So there is always someone around. The thought of nobody being around at night or just in case there's an emergency, when I'm by myself, kind of freaks me out a little bit. It's nice to know. And that's the good thing about a hotel as well. Most hotels have 24 hour desk service. So no matter what time you come in, you've got a question. Oh, actually, you know, I was keen to do this tour tomorrow. Do you know what time it starts? You can ask somebody. These places on an Airbnb, it's someone's house. They could have been in bed. They could be out for the night, staying at their girlfriends, you don't boyfriends. You don't know what the circumstance is with that. So please, if you are by yourself and a first time traveler, seasoned travelers, you guys know what you're doing. Checkout is another issue when it comes to Airbnb. So if you're staying at a hostel or a hotel, you know that when you check out at 10, 11 a.m., whatever it may be, and you don't have a flight until 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 10 p.m., depending where it is, For some reason, often I get late night flights. I don't know. I like the idea of it that I get to spend the day. But then you think about, what do I do with my luggage? This is annoying. Well, most hotels, hostels have luggage storage rooms, right? So you don't, most of them you don't pay. You just leave your luggage there. They give you a tag. You go back at the end of the day when you're going to go to the airport, pick up your stuff, go to the airport, Airbnb. You never have that luxury. You have to be out. They're going to come in. They're cleaning their house. They're getting it ready for the next people to come in either that afternoon or the next day. So you don't have that luxury in Airbnb ever really, unless you get some really cool, cool hosts that go, you know what? We don't have anyone in for three days. We don't care. You're awesome. Go ahead. But most of the time you don't have that. So if you're going to do an Airbnb, Always look for a morning or lunchtime departure wherever you're going. Train, airport, it's a good tip because you don't want to be leaving your luggage or being stuck carrying your luggage. Oh, I have so much luggage. It is not pleasant trying to get that around. I just want to take it to the airport, wherever I'm going, dump it at the next place and off I go. When I'm traveling with family, we always stay in hotels. I would never expect my parents to go and stay in a hostel. That's just not how I, and there's some people that do, but that's not how my parents would travel ever. Actually, I'd love to see my mum in a hostel. Mum, I'd like to take you into a hostel. (laughs) I think you'd have a, 
Uh, no, you wouldn't like it at all. No, she wouldn't. Anyway, the good thing about hotels is there's so many different levels. You can stay in a cheap hotel or an expensive hotel. Depends on your tastes. Hostels are very similar. There are your top end hostels and then your low budget hostels. Again, research is the best thing you can do. Some other tips that I have for selecting a good hostel is the type of security they have. I personally really like a hostel where you have to, mm, I guess, show your key card or show proof that you're staying at the hostel every time you enter. And I really like that because that means no person can just walk in off the street. People can't just bring randoms in, especially if you're staying in a mix, in a dorm. You don't want to think that what's going on in that bed over there. This is a bit odd. So a lot of them are very strict that I've stayed in. I stayed in some in Europe and oh my gosh, they were hotel quality. They were beautiful, especially in Spain. There are some beautiful hostels. One, I had my own balcony, my own bathroom, big double bed, beautiful. Another one I stayed was very similar. didn't have a balcony though. The bathroom. Oh, it was definitely like, actually, you know what? Better than a lot of hotels I've stayed in. It was good and they weren't super expensive. So there, especially in Europe, there are a lot of really good hostels that have private rooms that you can stay in. And if you don't mind sharing and paying less, do that. But if you're a bit picky like me and you'd like to have a good night's sleep and not listen to other people's bodily functions, then private room is a good way to go as well. Pods are the new thing. I have stayed in a pod. I don't mind it. I like the concept of it that you're like in a cocoon and you kind of feel like you're in your own little world. But then the reality of it is not so amazing. I'll often, depending on the hostel, a lot of them don't have room to kind of get dressed or change. So I often will try and do it on my bed and just being lazy and staying out of the way. And if, especially if people are still sleeping, you don't want to wake them up. So I just take my clothes and keep it on my bed. In a pod, it's not so easy to do that. I still attempted. I'm pretty sure I hit my head a couple of times. It wasn't ideal. Yeah, I like the concept of it. I like that you feel like you're in your own little world. But yeah, they are a bit, they are a bit tight. And I, I did hit my head quite a few times. <laughs> it is definitely the fad thing though. I'm hearing a lot of pod hostels are opening up and uh, maybe not everyone has the same spatial awareness that I have. The other thing, which is a big pro for me, is breakfast included. A lot of hotels include breakfast. And if I'm looking for hotels, I will often look for the ones that say breakfast included. If they say they're going to charge me $30, $40 for breakfast, I'm like, are you kidding? Why would I pay that for breakfast? No, nope, not happening. I will often look for the hotels that have breakfast included. Also, hostels. A lot of hostels include breakfast as well. Some include lunch and dinner. There's definitely one in Miami that I stayed at that had all meals included. So check that out. I think these days a lot more hostels are including things like that. 
So check it out before you book. Don't just book the first place you look at. Look at reviews. Have a look at C. I definitely look at what's included. Breakfast included. Transfers is another thing, especially if I'm by myself. Transfers is huge. Staying at an Airbnb, it's not so easy to get a transfer. You're staying at a hotel, some of them, even hostels, some of them will tell you how to get, some will include a transfer. I know in South America, I got a couple of the places we stayed at to include the transfer to and from the airport. So you can do that. I often will try and go through the actual hotel or hostel actual website instead of going through a bookings.com. Depending on, sometimes I will book through bookings.com, but other times I will definitely book directly through the website because I just find sometimes you can get a better deal and sometimes you can't. And I will always ask them for a quote and just be like, hey, looking to come to your place. Looks like the reviews are amazing. Looking at these dates, what's the best you can do for me and what's included? Do you do transfers? Are they included? Do you have breakfast included? Sometimes it states it, sometimes it doesn't. So it's best to clarify it. And then they will send back you an email and say, sorry, it doesn't include this, this, and this. And I say, so not staying with you. Or it says, yep, we're going to do it for this deal. This is included or this is not included. But what we can do instead is this, this, and this. So I like to have that correspondence with the place I'm staying with. What's the best way to get there? Is there transport if there's no transfers? Can I get a bus? Can I get this? What's the, what's the rough price of a cab? That kind of stuff. Most places are willing to answer your questions. I prefer, if you haven't noticed already, to have this stuff dealt with before I leave. I like to know. I just don't like stressing when I'm traveling. So if I can take my stress away, I do. And they are the little things I do to make myself happy, which is, okay, no breakfast is included. Maybe I won't buy lunch that day. I'll just have to buy dinner. And these are the things when you're traveling that comes into your budget. So yes, it might cost a little bit more to stay in your private room if that's what you want, but then they're the things you might sacrifice or you don't sacrifice and you end up staying in a cheaper dorm, but then you know what you can budget for. Am I going to budget three meals a day? Am I going to stay in an Airbnb and think that might be cheaper, but then I have to pay for everything because I now I have to supply my food or are they going to cook you food in an Airbnb? No, it's not a B&B. So it depends on where you're staying. There are pros and cons for everything. I did see <laughs> one of these Airbnb shared rooms, which is kind of selling it like a hostel. But saying that, there are some hostels that advertise on Airbnb. So if it looks like a hostel, Google it, you might find it is. There are tricks to everything at the moment. Everyone's trying to put their fingers into every little pie. One of the rules I saw on one of these, it just makes me shake my head even thinking about it. No one under the age of 18 and no one over the age of 40. What? What? You don't want a 41-year-old staying in? Why not? I don't understand. If you've got a shared room, what is wrong with a 41-year-old? What happens at 40? I'm not far off it. I don't know. That made me a little bit worried. As we always say, do your research. If someone is asking 
Should I stay in a hostel? I'm too scared. Tell them it's okay. Send them to this. Tell them to listen to my podcast. You can do it. You don't have to be scared of anything. If anything, a hostel is the most nurturing place for a solo traveler. They will take you in and they will treat you like family. And if you don't believe me, listen to my last episode about backpacking in San Fran with Louise Hanlon, and she will explain to you how she felt when she got to the USA hostel in San Fran. And she was feeling very similar and they took her in and she fell in love. And that's what happens. That's how it works in a hostel. Not all of them. Like I said, I stayed in one. So where was that? I would want to say Edinburgh. I think it was Edinburgh. I ended up making some friends. You know, it's a really bad example because when I got there, but saying that I did only go out with the people from my room. I ended up staying in a four or six dorm and they were pods actually. And they, the first night I got there, there was an older woman who was older than 40, tat tat, who was lovely. I said to her, have you had dinner? She said, no. I said, do you want to get dinner together? She's like, absolutely. I'd love that. So we just went out in Edinburgh, had dinner together. Never saw her again. Went back to the room, both went to bed, you know, hear each other's stories, where you've been, where you're going. Next morning, got up, another two new girls had come in to the room and then we ended up hanging out for the next few days together. But that was probably, (laughs) saying that, that was probably the least socializing I have done in a hostel. That one didn't have really a communal area, had breakfast included, but the breakfast area was really tiny and no one really spoke in the communal area. The girls that were I got to know, we all had mentioned how weird it was in the communal area. And so you'd see someone and you'd go to say hello to them and they would basically like look at you and turn away. I'm like, okay, cool. And, you know, each to their own. Sometimes you're having a bad day. You don't want to talk to anyone. Totally okay. But that's not the norm in a hostel. And this place, it was the norm. But anyway, like I said, that was the least social I was and I still ended up making friends and never being alone. So that was kind of the worst experience I've had in a hostel when it comes to socializing. It's really not the worst situation to be in when you still make friends, but not everybody's a social butterfly and not everyone finds it easy to make friends. And I understand that. And I think personally, if I see someone that looks shy, that's the person I'm going to go talk to because I know they might be the one that needs company maybe maybe not and if they say they're fine they just want to read a book or do whatever they're doing that's okay too but the offer is always there so yes hostels is definitely my tick to stay in for socializing if you're traveling by yourself hotels if you are traveling for business absolutely I love the thing I love the most about hotels is they have a gym ah well not all of them Some of them. I love the ones that have a gym. I love it. Makes me happy. Saying that, I never go to a gym. But if I go, if there's a hotel that has a gym, I will go to it. I don't know why. I've never had that thought process before, but that's true. I don't have a gym membership. I don't go to one. But if a hotel has one or a resort, I'll go to the gym. Interesting. (laughs) Maybe because I'm on holidays, I feel like I want to exercise. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. 
But I do love that about a hotel. I don't think I've ever been to a hostel that has a gym. And if there is any out there, please email me. I want to come and test out your gym. (laughs) And if you want a romantic getaway, Airbnb all the way. I don't think you can lose with a romantic getaway on Airbnb. I really don't think you can. And if you do the research, read the reviews, make sure that it's a legit place. There are some beautiful things on Airbnb. But by myself, I never do it. I don't like staying in a shared, like in a room, even a private room in a shared house. It's not my thing. I don't feel safe. I don't like the idea of being kind of isolated with a hostel I often I'll pick them in a good location so I know I'm central easy to get to easy to get around easy to transport all of those things Airbnb sometimes can be a little bit out of the way more in suburbia you might want that totally cool depending on how you how long you're planning on staying somewhere as well if you're only somewhere for a short time go in the heart go in the middle you're going to be there for a few months don't do that go out a little bit experience the life of the town or the city you're in like a local so this is just a short little episode today about obviously hotels hostels and airbnbs so i hope that's been informative i hope it helps if you are or know somebody that is tossing up about which way to go because i do get asked all the time People always ask me, do you stay in Airbnbs or do you stay in hostels or do you stay in hotels? It's a very, it's probably the most common question I actually get apart from that and then the type of luggage that I use. I hope it has been a helpful episode. Please, if you enjoy my podcast, subscribe, do it. Give the like button. We are on Facebook with you every step, Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, please do. I have added some amazing images from my guests that they supply, especially from Ali. Whoa, you should check out her Everest stuff. If you have not listened to those episodes, you need to. That woman is amazing. Then go on Instagram, check out the images of her on top of Everest. Oh, so cool. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Much love to you all. Happy travels, everybody. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.